welcome to Relationship Redefined. I'm your host, Alyssa Beth, a parent and relationship coach. As a coach, my focus is to guide you towards becoming aware, authentic, and aligned with your true self. Our outer relationships serve as mirrors reflecting our inner world. It is through this understanding that we can embark on a journey of self-discovery and alignment. On this podcast, we explore the profound connection between our inner selves and the relationships we form with others. With a focus on awareness, authenticity, and alignment, we dive into thought-provoking discussions and practical strategies to help you cultivate fulfilling relationships. Today we have a very special guest, Becca Briggs. Uh, she is a life coach at Becca, BeccaBriggs.com. And uh, I would love to know more uh, about the um, Engram. Oh, the Enneagram? Enneagram, <laughs> yes. Okay. That always gets mispronounced. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the Enneagram is a study that I started learning about back in 2015. And it is a self-development tool that is used to show you during the first about six to eight years of your life um, what you learned that you needed for safety, security, love, uh, overall well-being. And it essentially shows us where our ego is stemmed from. And in learning what your Enneagram type is, what this tendency is, you can use this as a tool to help you then unlearn those tendencies and grow out of it to find more balance and expand on your ego's natural tendencies to protect itself. That is just amazing. I love that because uh, I've read a lot of different things about it and um, that was uh, like the simplest <laughs> and easiest way of understanding. I love that. How would you use that as a starting point for trying to change certain aspects of your life? Yeah, so the biggest thing I think is is identifying what, with our Enneagram, it shows us what our core motivation is. So being able to understand and embrace that core motivation. And then for me, I, I would say what's helped the most is learning how to give that to myself so that I'm not using others or my environment to try to fulfill that need. Right. Right. That is like one of, that's like one of the key foundations for uh, self-help work is being able to mm -hmm. step outside of uh, outside validation. That is mm -hmm. like really, really important. Okay. Um, when you, when ego goes into survival, how can we uh, use the Enneagram to help us, uh, you know, like if we suddenly got into a toxic situation or um, just started, you know, getting into a stressful situation, how could we use Enneagram to help us with that? Yeah. So um, just really quickly, I'll kind of go into there's nine different Enneagram types. Um, <laughs> so then to answer your question, um, so each of these nine types all have a way that they interact with each other. So I'll I can, I'll use myself as an example. Um, so I'm an Enneagram six and sixes move to the behaviors of an Enneagram three in times of stress 
and they tend to move into the uh, energy of an Enneagram nine in terms of healthiness. So I would say once you know what your core motivation is, then having the awareness of when you notice those tendencies to come out. So like as a six, when you move into unhealthiness or a very stressed state, you can take on the traits of an unhealthy three type that achiever. So being overly ambitious, um, being very competitive, not trusting the people around you. So overcompensating for others and not being willing to work with the people around you. It's like this hyper-independence almost. So if that starts to come up, having the awareness to say, okay, this is coming up. How can I bring this around to trusting and then moving into the energy of the nine, which is kind of this like everything's okay. Everything's at peace. I can trust. I don't have to to work. I don't have to do. I don't have to fight for things. Everything just gets to be peaceful. That is so funny because I was about to ask you, I was like, okay, I identified like three to five um, <laughs> of those. So I was like, oh my goodness, in different mm-hmm. times, you, you know, I have a tendency to identify like that. So <laughs> yeah. And there is something in Enneagram. Um, it's often called a tri-type or a triad. So the three types, there's a lot of threes within the Enneagram. So the nine types are split into three sections, um, the heart, the mind, and the body. So you might have noticed when I was going through the nine types is, is, is two, threes, and fours are motivated by love and how they feel love. Five, six, and seven are head types. It's, they're motivated by how they think and, and in terms of more safety. And eight, nine, and one are more action-oriented. It's more the body and what can I act and do in this situation. And so um, in terms of, of a triad is you will have a resonation with one Enneagram type in your in the three different sections. So even though you have your core type, that's your main right. motivation, you will. So for example, I'll, I'll use myself again, is I'm a main type of six. Um, that's my main Enneagram. So I, I think like a six, but I also feel like a four. I definitely resonate with the Enneagram four. And then I act like a nine. So you have this access to these different energies in these three different sections. That's awesome. Okay. You mm-hmm. really, really uncomplicated something that seems so complicated <laughs> before. <laughs> I'm I'm happy to help because there's a lot of, there's just a lot of weird information out there and misinformation and um, it gets a little elitist in the Enneagram world where <laughs> people act like they know so much and then, but it just really overcomplicates the way the system is. It's not that complicated. Right. <laughs> Well, you um, definitely helped simplify things to where it is, it makes more sense. I, that is just, it sounds so much better. I was like, oh, well that I understand. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and you use Enneagram in your life coaching. Mm-hmm. I use Myers-Briggs Enneagram and human design um, and kind of a blend of them with my clients to, uh, again, like, in using these archetype tools, it's not about labeling you or boxing you in and telling you who you are, but it's really bringing up the core of how you operate and what you're naturally here to do and what you naturally want from the world around you so that we can peel back the layers of everything you were told you needed to be and what you needed to do and how you need to do it to really bring out the your core authentic self of who you're here to be and what you're here to do and feel empowered in it and not shamed or guilted or judged for it. 
I love that. It is, that is actually one of the things is um, when you're on your journey is finding the time to stop and say, okay, is this a belief? You know, is this one of my core beliefs or is this a belief that was, you know, forced on me as a child or something I just grew up with? Is this a, an ancestral belief? You know, there are just different mm -hmm you know, you, it's sometimes it's hard to separate yourself from the stories that you've been taught growing up. That's so true. Especially kind of like you mentioned is the ones that have been passed down to us, the where it's not even ours, but it's yeah. so ingrained in us that we don't even realize how much it's impacting us. Exactly. And I love that you actually have the tools to be able to, you know, um, peel back those layers, like you said. <laughs> Mm -hmm. and not use it because I've known that there I've known several people who have used the Enneagram as um, just a way to label themselves or other people around them and to me that was distressing because you know when you do that you're actually boxing people in so uh, yeah. I was actually not very uh, I was like I'm not sure I really like the Enneagram system but mm -hmm. you seem to um, you, you seem to know how to use it in a way that actually empowers people to step outside of um, limiting beliefs. Yeah, that's definitely what I try to do because similarly, as I see that so much, especially <laughs> in the online space. And it's so disheartening because it's, this tool is there to help people. It's there to help you expand and grow. And, and ultimately in growing within the Enneagram specifically is you end up learning how to embody the energies of all nine types. You're not just stay, staying in this little box of, you know, and enabling yourself of like, oh, well, I'm a type six. So you just have to deal with me being anxious all the time or like deal with me doing this. Like, no, <laughs> you know, you're more, you're more than just this for one. And then for two is you like, it's meant to be used to grow and expand out of that and, and understanding how people work together, but it's not meant to be used to tell people who they are, what they do, or or justify our unhealthy behaviors because that's what's comfortable and familiar. Like the point is right. to get out of the comfort and familiarity. <laughs> that is awesome. Okay. So um you also work with NLP as a life mm -hmm. coach, correct? Yes. I do. Could you tell yes. us a little more? Yeah. So NLP is neurolinguistic programming. And it is essentially a coaching method that allows you to talk to the conscious and subconscious minds simultaneously. So a lot of times in traditional coaching and therapy, um, we're talking strictly to the conscious mind. You're being asked questions, you're formulating answers, you're strategizing a plan. Um, and, and a lot of times, you know, when you're figuring out your goals and how you want to get your goals, it's it seems very obvious. Well, I want this. I need to do this, this and this. But our subconscious mind holds so many beliefs, like we already mentioned, and some of them we're not even aware of them impacting us as much as they do. So you can be doing all this work consciously to try to reach your goals. But if you have these deep rooted emotions and beliefs and sense of worthiness within you that is going against these goals, you're kind of fighting an uphill battle against yourself to make it happen. So we can use NLP techniques to coach both parts of the mind to get them on the same page so that they're actually working together to help you reach your goals and feel the way you want to feel and be who you want to be a lot more easily and effortlessly. That is awesome. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. 
I, I enjoy um, working with NLP. NLP. Um, okay. Uh, is there... Um, sorry, I went blank. <laughs> <laughs> um, using the Enneagram, uh, is there uh, any way you could suggest to our listeners how they could use it to help them in their relationships? Mm, absolutely. So... I would say the the biggest area in relationships that the Enneagram, learning about the Enneagram is really helpful, is understanding where you and whoever else is involved in the relationship, where their triggers are coming from. So, and a big part of it is knowing yours, but also if you can identify the other persons, I feel like we then have a lot more compassion for others when they're reacting out of their triggers because you know at the at the end of the day we're all just kind of grown kids that are healing our, ourselves and reparenting ourselves and and growing and so if someone is feel is feeling a wound come up and they're reacting out of that Knowing and understanding where that's coming from and, and what the underlying message is there can be very beneficial in understanding what is the best way to communicate, what is the best way to hold the space for them, what is the best pay, what is the best way to resolve this conflict that's not going to just end up with our triggers and our wounds communicating with each other. How do we get back to the core? Um, I think that's probably the most beneficial and it this applies to work romantic relationships friendships um parent-child relationships I've used it in all areas of my life and it's completely transformed the way that I show up and act in relationships that is that is really awesome and I love how you said that we essentially are reparenting ourselves mm -hmm. <laughs> because it's so true <laughs> Yeah, that's been something I would say over the last couple of years, I've with strangers because I've been able to do that in my personal life. But it's, you know, sometimes you're you're out in public and you see somebody acting a certain way and you're like, whoa, like what is <laughs> happening here? And it's helped me to have more compassion for people of like, okay, what are you, what need are you wanting to be, have met right now? What is, you know, because you're, you're not just acting a certain way for no reason. There's something there. So right being more curious, being more open, being more compassionate with people that I don't know as well even has been really beneficial. Yes. Yeah. I am. Um, I I started doing that a while ago, you know, just noticing how, okay. And that was essentially what it was. It was like, okay, what need is not being met, you know? And because when you, you're seeing people, if you're seeing them from a non-judgmental point of view, it is a lot easier to be able to uh, come at them with, instead of reacting, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. just yeah, responding instead a, of reacting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And on a like deeper level is most of the time our judgments are coming from our own egos. So mm -hmm. what is my need that is not being met right now that I feel the need to judge this person? Right. Yes. Yes. And that actually has helped me out a lot because when I started noticing that, I was like, oh, I need to address that. You know, mm -hmm. when I started, when I started judging other people, that's about the point where it's like, okay, this needs to be, there's something inside of me that needs to be addressed. There's, you know, I have a need that needs to be met. So. Yeah. Because yes. usually if we're judging someone, it's because 
they're showing something that we have shame from within ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so how can we bring that to light and, and work through that and love that and expand from that instead of projecting that onto them? Yes, exactly. Yes. Because that is, and I generally, you know, even with my son, when he's dealing with certain people, it's like, okay, well, what part of, because they're showing their shadow self. So what part of that is triggering your shadow self? <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. It's a, it's a cycle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and that's why I feel were... like, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, I feel like that's why it's so important to to learn the Enneagram from an open-minded place because otherwise, you know, kind of like I said before, is if you're just like, oh, I'm this type, this is why I do what I do and and you need to deal with that. And then the other person gets triggered and does something, then your triggers are just talking to each other and you're not finding resolution. You're not working through the core of, of whatever the issue is coming up. And it's just a, an endless cycle that doesn't get either of you anywhere that you want to be. It's so true. And I've seen that so often. That's why I was like, I'm not so sure about this Enneagram stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but that could be said about a lot of different things. I've seen that in a lot of, you know, in other uh, spiritual modalities and um, psychological things. And it's like, okay, well, at some point, it all boils down to whether or not we allow ego to take, you know, a step to the forefront. And mm-hmm you know so yeah I see that too I've seen that a lot with Myers-Briggs areas mm-hmm. and then recently yes, I've been seeing it more with human design I'm like no but it's <laughs> it, I would say it goes back to you know I would be curious with the people I see doing that like what part of your ego is hurting right now what what need do you feel isn't met that you feel like you have to box people in and tell them who they have to be or what they need to be doing in their lives or how their lives need to look because it's like you're becoming everything this tool was meant to help you know against so yes (laughs) what where is this coming from because it's not doing anybody any service to tell them things that you know, especially based off of something so basic. It's like, we're such complex creatures that go way beyond just a label. So why, yes. why are we so comfortable on just zoning in on somebody on a label and, and defining them based on that? Yes. I think that sometimes, and I, I've known there have been people who um, labels are comforting. If they don't have their label, then, you know, it's, they're they're lost at sea (laughs) Mm -hmm. so um, I think that it kind of helps them with all of their insecurities so I can kind of understand it but at the same time it's it's limiting everybody and that is it's sad and distressing because you could be so much more than just a label (laughs) right and that's what I would say I mean both within the Enneagram and just growth in general for me personally has been embracing two things embracing the gray area knowing things don't have to be black and white they don't have to be specified all the time there can be this middle area and also getting more comfortable with not necessarily knowing like I don't have to label you to understand you I can just accept you for what you're bringing forward um and I you know I don't have to label it as this way or that way or or if I know what somebody's Enneagram is 
you know, yeah, sure, there's there's certain traits that are common in those types, but to say, oh, well, if you're an Enneagram too, you do this and this and this and this and this, and this is how you are, and this is what you do all the time. Well, that's not going to apply to everybody because we're not, we're way more complex than that. And there's so many other layers to break down on who we are and what we do and why we do it that just getting comfortable with the the fluidity and the gray areas that are within all of us and that you don't have to know it all and it's fine (laughs) embracing the gray areas I love that that is actually something that I have struggled with quite a bit it's like okay you know and everything doesn't have to be black and white you know growing up um it was pretty much that you know it was either black or it was white there was Mm. I'm sure there were gray areas but it just seemed like there were you know more extremes so learning how to embrace the gray areas has been a journey in itself (laughs) yeah definitely but um it sounds like the Enneagram could really really be helpful to people do you have any suggestions on if they were to kind of want to look it up to know more about it what would be the best place for them to go? Um, so the Enneagram Institute is a good website. That's kind of the first um, place to kind of look. I They might have a free quiz on their site too to take, which I will like, I have to throw this disclaimer there is a lot of the free tests are not accurate. Um, <laughs> I would probably trust the Enneagram Institutes the most if they do. Like, I think they have one, but a lot of the sites that you go to, um, I've 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 taken them all and I've seen people take them all. And the problem with a lot of these free personality assessments versus investing in a good Enneagram or Myers-Briggs assessment is that they are based on the stereotypes and actions and not on the motivations. So like I was saying earlier, is not every type two is going to have the same exact behaviors and everything well these tests are formulated on those behaviors and at the end of the day any type can act a certain way and behave a certain way because it's not about the behavior it's about the motivation behind the behavior so a lot of times i'll see in the enneagram groups are you know people will come in and say what type does this what type does that i do this this and this what type am i and that's where it's like, no, 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 no. Like you have to peel back all the layers and find the motivation behind the behaviors because it's not about the behaviors. So I would trust the Enneagram Institute the most. Um, I actually got certified through a website called Integrative Enneagram. They have an assessment called the IEQ-9, which I would say is it's the best one that I found. By far, you get like a 35-page report that goes into everything and it gives you practical steps to take. It gives you journal questions. Um, you, you can take it on your own, but if you take it with a practitioner like myself is, you know, I sit with you for, you know, one to two hours and go over everything with you and give you um, kind of the steps to go in and here's where you are and here's the next steps that you can learn to from where you are now to start embracing and expanding outside of your Enneagram. And I would say that going that route would probably be most recommended. There's also a really good book called The Wisdom of the Enneagram if you want to do a little bit reading about it. Uh, I just know from both personal experience and through kind of seeing other people's experiences in groups is a lot of times when you're 
really trying to just do the self-study route and you're like, I'm going to take the quizzes online and I'm going to read the books is a lot of the information gets really jumbled and you start to feel like you're all the types and you're like, oh, I don't know which one I am. So like this week, I feel like a type five and this week I feel like a nine and it just can get very convoluted so quickly that I think working with someone who can simplify it and bring you back to the core can help it feel less jumbled and a little chaotic. Yes. And I believe that by doing that, that way you're able to actually understand more about yourself and get the results that you so desperately are looking for. (laughs) I mean, you wouldn't, you know, look into it as deeply as you would if you weren't wanting results. So definitely. Well, not the, yeah. And at the end of the day, we only know what we know. So yeah, we don't always see these patterns in ourselves. We don't always see these behaviors and we don't always know the questions to ask of, do I actually do this? Or how would I respond in this situation? Or how would I feel and then want to take action in this situation? So having somebody who can give you um, like a more objective view of the situation and, and a different perspective Uh, That's also unbiased, I would say, because that's the other thing is if you're talking to people that you know, they have their own opinions and judgments of what you do. Um, And then I I would say like in a lot of these um, Facebook groups, I'll say is that, you know, everyone has this opinion on what you have to do or what you should do or 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 throw in their own opinions on things, which, as I mentioned earlier, is not the healthiest of of ways. So finding somebody that you can really trust to have your back and and help you with this tool is key. Definitely. Okay. And you can be found at BeccaBriggs.com. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I use uh, the Enneagram within, um, I have a couple different coaching offers that I use, or people can book uh, just an Enneagram session with me if that's uh, all they want support in. So. Uh-huh. That's awesome. Okay, excellent. Um, and you can also be found on social media at at thebeccabriggs.com. No. Uh, just the Becca Briggs. <laughs> yes, the Becca Briggs. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for being with us today, Becca. I have enjoyed our conversation so much. <laughs> oh, me too. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a great chat. <laughs> And I look forward to maybe having you on again another time. Yes, I would love to. (laughs) Excellent. Thank you. Thanks.